Welcome to the Association 4.0 podcast, your association's no-fluff playbook to navigating and thriving in Industry 4.0 or the digital marketplace. Each week, we bring expert insights to help you and your association stay ahead of the curve. Hello, thank you for tuning in to the Association 4.0 podcast. My name is Sherry Budziak, and I'm here today with Laird Crawford, he is the owner and CEO of Ian Ryan. I'm so excited to have you here today, Lair, to talk to you about all of the great things that you've been doing with us and with your company. So for the listeners, can you just give us a little bit of background about yourself and your company? Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Sherry. We're Ian Ryan Interactive, and we've been in the greater O'Hare area since I started the company back in 93. And we specialize in support for associations. So uh, I would say probably 80% of our work is video work, podcast work, or uh, interactive design and programming for e-learning. And so we work with probably, I think right now, probably about 30 associations, mainly Chicago-based ones, but we have a a number of them that are uh, D.C. and New York also. And then we do some corporate work also, so that kind of keeps us on our toes, you know, back and forth, shifting gears between association work and corporate work. And then occasionally we also produce some TV shows. We produce a golf show for uh, NBC Sports, local here in the Chicago area. And so, you know, that gives us a variety of productions that we can bring any of that kind of work in and out of whatever work we're doing. Yeah, well, maybe that's helped you guys be as agile as you have this over this last year. So, Laird, we've known each other for 25 years uh, when I worked for, as an executive in an association, and you guys have been great working with us through Dotter Community for the last six, seven years, helping us with all of our video and all of our recordings and editing, which has been great, and now doing this podcast with me. So it's been just a wonderful partnership. But one of the things I know that a couple of weeks ago, we had our innovation summit and I was very nervous kind of going into that, producing a blended conference, both with in-person and online folks. And we were trying to do things with speakers who were remote, speakers that were in person, speakers who were pre-recorded. If there was anything that we could try, we tried it. So and then we kind of handed that over to you guys to say, here, make the magic happen, um, which you guys did a fabulous job. So why don't you kind of talk to us a little bit about how you pulled that off with all those different things that we had going on? Thanks, Sherry. Yeah, I think we started off with doing a site inspection to try and figure out what the needs were. And even with that, going back and forth as far as what we're going to do live and what we're going to do just local and how many cameras we would need, the physical placement of everything. You know, we had a unique challenge with the uh, breakout room being separate for the Q&A session that was done. But, you know, we were able to physically string cables and bring in a couple of cameras and bring our staff in to man each of the cameras and just make sure that we were hooked up to whatever platform was going to be both recording it and streaming it live. And actually, the event people there were wonderful. We worked with them and just kind of blended our stuff with uh, with what they had there. And so that's kind of what it is. You know, you just kind of have to put a different hat on and figure out what the challenges are and what the needs are and uh, go from there. Yeah, because I forgot about that. We threw that at you too. And we also couldn't stay in the same rooms. We had to move people around and said, 
here, try to record this and get this out via the online platform. And, and people have been asking me about it. You know, they, they're like, so, you know, what technology or what platform do we use? And I'm like, it's not really the platform. Like you have to have creative AV folks that understand kind of both the in-person and the online audience needs and how to kind of navigate that, right? Yeah, yeah. And like I said, you got to be able to shift gears and go, okay, who is the end user? What's going to serve the end user, the end viewer? In this case, you know, we were going to use a platform that streamed it out that you could invite everybody. You didn't know how many people were really going to come and, you know, scale it from there and go, okay, well, we want to feed them this and this session and this session. Oh, and we also want to be able to roll in some video and some audio from other things. Oh, and then some of the presenters weren't going to be there live. The presenters were going to be over Zoom being brought in into the mix. And so it's just a combination of figuring out those things and setting the right equipment, the right connections so that you can do that. We wanted to make sure, one of the things I wanted to make sure is that when we went from the morning sessions and then had the breakout for the Q&A in the other room, that we didn't have to disconnect people from one streaming session to another one and have them log into a separate one. Let's keep everything all together. So we just strung really long cables to the other room and figured out the best way to communicate with the other room and get the audio and the video coming back in, but also feed audio to that room there for the audience that was there. So that was, you know, those were the challenges that we had there and make it separate. So you're not pulling equipment from the one setup to the other one. Let's just set up a completely different setup so that uh, we can bounce right back after the Q&A and go back into the afternoon sessions. Yeah. One thing that I really liked that was done also with kind of the Q&A after some of the presentations, you guys were able to focus in on the person asking the question, just like they were in person there. So they could see somebody asking the question and that was on screen for the folks that were online and just little things like that, I think made a huge difference to just to get that blended, what I'll call kind of blended. I know some people are using the term hybrid. I don't know what we call it, but, <laughs> but I'm calling it blended because that's how it kind of felt to me. Right. 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 Yeah, yeah. Whether you call it blended or hybrid, it's the same ends there. You want to make sure that the both audiences are served. In this case, you have two audiences. You know, the people who are live there, and you don't want it to be distracting or disjointed from them. And the people who are online, you want to be able to serve them the same way. So call them our TV audience. We had to make sure that we were taking care of both. Yeah, it was great. You guys did a great job, and I was very happy with how things came together. So. Laird, talk to us a little bit about what you guys are doing with podcasts for associations and how you're integrating some of that work into their overall kind of content strategy. Sure, sure. Yeah, both uh, during the pandemic, it's changed a little bit. Up until a couple of years ago, we were going to associations annual meetings and setting up rooms to record podcasts because, you know, that's where you've got a, a gathering of members. And that seems to be a pretty comfortable, straightforward way to do it. But we gather or capture podcasts a number of different ways. In some cases, what meets our customers' needs or the association's needs is that we send out a two-channel recorder with two microphones and a little handheld recorder so that, uh, let's say, one of their members can record a discussion with another member. 
and then send the equipment back to us. So that's one way that we do it. Uh, another way, if the if the people are local, is we bring them into our studio here and record the podcast that way. And it could be a two-person, four-person, eight-person, whatever it happens to be. Like I said before, we, we go on location. So we can go on location. And for some of our medical clients, we'll set up two separate rooms where we can record up to eight people in each room and record over a three or four day period during the annual meeting, record 40 or 50 podcasts that we can then publish two or three or five a month for the next year. Some of our customers, we've been doing podcasts since before they were called podcasts. Since the mid-90s, we were going to annual meetings and recording discussions between two physicians and then publishing those for CME and things like that. But we would polish them, bring them back and edit all the uhs and the ums out and tighten it up and adjust all the levels and get rid of the ambience in the background as best we can, which over the years has always posed some challenges for us because we've been put into rooms where you could hear the sirens on the street down below and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So we've gone through a whole bunch of different challenges. But when COVID came along, and even previous to COVID, we had been doing some over uh, Zoom or some different types of platforms like that to do them remote. But when COVID hit, obviously that put a kibosh on, on going to live in person. And so we shifted gears. And so right now I've got three of my audio engineers who can do recordings at one time. So during a regular week, we could have as many as 40 or 50 recordings. And it's the same thing with feeding content to these virtual or blended conferences. So for a couple of our clients, we were recording, oh, I, th I think last fall, we had two clients at the same time that were recording probably 100 to 120 video with the slides and the audio you know, the sessions as if you were going to the session. So we were recording those, doing some mild editing on them, and then pushing them at the client, and they were feeding them into their virtual conference system. And that way, you know, they've got control over them. We can adjust the audio levels and the, you know, the video levels. And, and if they've got other elements that they need to roll in there, we can cut those in. A whole slew of different things like that. And then we were doing that for also for their keynote speeches, uh, and making some of those kind of blended where we would do portions of it canned and they would do the other portions live so that they had elements that the speaker could roll in during their talk. So it was full support for all of that stuff in those virtual environments. So I guess I kind of transitioned from podcast right into into some of the, the support for virtual environments. But just to wrap it up on podcasts, we also get into the publishing of podcasts. So besides just the capture and then the editing or polishing of them, we also assist our clients in, in publishing. So we can get them pushed out, get them with the right metadata on them, give them some branding, make sure that they have a series name and title so that the users can keep track of them. And then we can push them to Spotify and iTunes and Amazon and all of the different platforms. And so it's kind of soup to nuts on podcasts. So Laird, what are your kind of most important tips for associations and to think about when they're either doing, I guess, doing podcasts and trying to, you know, create that, that opportunity for their members? I would think you have to, on any type of communication piece, whether it's a video or an e-learning program, I look at who's the audience and 
what are you trying to communicate to them and work backwards. So if you're talking about podcasts, you know, who's the audience that you want to reach and what do you think would be the best format for reaching them? In the case of some medical associations and you're trying to do CME and there's a fee involved with it, you may just take the podcast and put them into your LMS and it's a closed audience that way. In other cases, you want to not only spread the communication piece out, you may want residents to log into these and hear them or other non-specialty members, you know, or non-specialty people interested or even the general public to hear it. In that case, you want to publish it to all the different platforms and, and get it pushed out there. But focus in on not just the publishing part of it, but also the format of it. Is it a one-on-one? Is it a member interviewing another member? Or is it a review of published articles where you're now talking between one member and a member who has published something, and so you have two experts talking? Or is it more of a you know, what sometimes I call like a mosh pit where, you know, it's an open podcast and you got six or seven experts on it and everybody's kind of chewing the fat over what is there. It's a different dynamic, some of the other formats. But in all cases, you kind of have to, you know, with podcasts, kind of think of it kind of like a radio show. What would be of interest to you if you were a member that this would be targeted at? And then set up the format, question and answer, or is it more of a discussion? Other tips would be stay away from any of the members reading portions of of their stuff. You want it to be more live. You want it to be a conversation. I think that's much more interesting, and, and it's proven over the years to be usually much more interesting. And then help your moderator, whoever's moderating it, whoever's leading the discussion, you know, make sure that they've done a little bit of their homework and they've got their questions set up and that they've tried to think of all the questions that the audience members might have in order to make it appealing to everyone. So, Laird, how are you seeing people kind of repurpose content? I know with us, you guys capture the video at our programs and then you guys edit and we put it actually put it up on a video platform for people to digest or refresh their memory on a, on a presentation or something later. Are you seeing a lot of organizations do that? You mentioned their LMS. Are they putting that sort of content into their LMS? Are you seeing, you know, good reusage of, of content? Yeah, I think it's kind of a combination of all of it. I think a good way to look at any piece of content is it's something that can be pushed out for a variety of purposes and reasons. You could take some of the content of its video content. It could be re-edited in such a way that you can add other elements to it and use it as marketing to help promote an upcoming event or an either whether that's a virtual event or an in-person event. And they're also educational. So if it's member-to-member kind of education, you can put that in there. But in some cases, if you've already got some of these people together, it's pretty inexpensive to have them do a second podcast and turn it towards member to the general public. If If it's a physician organization, they could very easily, the same people could very easily turn their second version of a discussion into something that is for the general public. If it's a you know, a podiatric uh, group and they want to talk to people about how to fit shoes right or whatever it happens to be or how to find the right type of dermatologist or, you know, any of those types of things. Uh, and then the third way for a lot of these is also practice management. You know, you can you can also 
have the discussion turn to, well, how do you run your practice and or how does this affect my practice and that type of thing. So you've got clinical, you've got practice management, you've got patient focused. And in many cases, you can repurpose some of that stuff. And in other cases, you just do an alternate version and you can still use some of the content for it. Now, that's some great ideas. So I guess kind of moving into the future, although, you know, nobody can predict what's going to happen here in the next year. But um, I guess what are some things or words of wisdom that you might want to give the, the audience here? In regards to any of this content, whether it's video or audio podcasts, I would say just, again, focus on who your audience is and what you want to communicate to them. And also always keep your mind open that any of the content that you get can be repurposed, you know, can be redone. I mean, we've filmed on location at conferences for societies, and some of that footage has been used year after year in marketing pieces. It's been pushed out on social media. It's been blended in with advertising for another piece. And the just the general content of it at the first capture was a member-to-member education piece. So you can definitely add some legs to some of your content. And that way you're prepared, whether it's we're going to be semi-locked down in the future or whether everything's going to be completely open. We don't know. Two years from now, people will be going, we're not doing any virtual stuff at all. You know, we every, all my members want to see face-to-face because we were tired of being kept from doing face-to-face. Let's all hope that things go that way. But as of right now, I would be prepared for everything to be at least blended. Yeah. Well, I think that's some good thoughts. You know, I think, Laird, a lot of times organizations spend a lot of time and effort recording or recording those sessions and not really thinking about or forgetting about probably. They probably thought about it, but they forget that they have this great content that can be repurposed and used, as you said, in marketing materials or in various formats. So, Laird, if someone wanted to get a hold of you, how can they contact you? Probably easiest way is go to our website, and from there you can get our contact information, but it's com, or give us a call here or shoot me an email, laird at com. Great. Well, thanks so much, Laird. This has been great, and I really appreciate your time. Sure. Thanks, Sherry. We hope you enjoyed this episode and discovered tips and information that will add value to your leadership style and your association. .org Source specializes in positioning teams for success with solutions for technology, strategy, and marketing. Please contact us at info at orgsource.com or visit www.orgsource.com to find out how to keep your organization on track to Association 4.0.